0: Hello and welcome to the Norwich City Tactics Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Adam Rich as we discuss Norwich's four-four draw with Southampton. So, Southampton came to this game having beaten Sheffield Wednesday two-one in their opening fixture. Russell Martin, Swansea, were known for dominating possession, so the expectations were that Norwich would be the slightly more reactive side against Southampton. Uh, Southampton lined up in a four-three, but this obviously would change in and out of possession. Adam, can you talk us through Norwich's lineup?
1: Yeah, so Norwich went with an unchanged lineup, which I think most people expected. There were, you know, some calls for Amabama to perhaps come into the lineup over Gibson, given Gibson's issues last week that we discussed dealing with lap. But I don't think it was a huge surprise that we saw an unchanged eleven. Watching the first fifteen minutes for the first time today on on the sunday I was kind of pleasantly surprised at the control we had in the first 10 minutes of the game the sergeant goal sort of came as no surprise really we'd already created a couple of pretty decent opportunities at that point of the match rich maybe talk us through
2: why that was yeah so so I felt the first 10 we we sort of engaged a lot higher at the pitch we we engaged in a mid block where we, we sort of limited the chances creation um, as a result of limiting the route into the eight. We were a lot more aggressive in that in that first 10 minutes up and at them. But clearly, the, the team talk it got us fired up because we, we looked really, really good that first 10, um, engaging high up the pitch.
0: Yeah, and obviously that led to uh, the move that led up to the goal. I think it was actually a really nice chest control from Ashley Barnes. I think McLean's ball into him is okay. Uh, but actually, I just think so many players in that situation just head the ball on or trying to get something on it just to, to bring another player in. But for Barnes to have the awareness and the technical quality to bring that down on the chest. And then I think that surprised the centre-back that was marking him. I think it was, um can't remember if it was Stevens or Bednarak. But the way he was then able to move the ball into Stacey, who obviously then created that chance for, for Sargent, was, was really good.
1: Yeah, on the goal, it was also great to see... Stacy crossing to Sergeant and Sergeant heading home this time. Obviously, that was something we touched on last week as like a possible avenue for goals uh, this season. So yeah, to 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 it happening in in the second game was great to see. Also, saw a stat that it was the first time we had scored a headed goal since like November last year or something stupid like that. So um, it was a, a very pleasing goal to see all round.
0: Yeah, it was a really nice piece of movement as well from Sargent. Um, I don't know if you thought, basically Bednarak is marking him. He looks like he's going to go to the front post and then he just peels off uh, towards the back. It just creates so much space for him. Um, and I just don't think Bednarak even knows where he is. So that just allows him to have that, that free header. And I think it's something that you see from slightly younger strikers that they just don't have that intelligence of movement within the box. And I know yeah. Sargent is still quite young. But the fact that he's obviously developed that game a little bit, and it's it's just a great piece of, of centre forward play off the ball.
2: It was a shame that we didn't make the most of the the, the crosses into the box more in this game because I think felt that's where the space was. Southampton tucked their fullbacks in, uh, nice and narrow, inverting, leaving lots of space wide. It's just we didn't get enough settled possession to really make the most of this these wide opportunities, and and as we did the first ten minutes with, with Stacey. So obviously
0: it was after that that Norwich kind of really struggled. They allowed pressure onto themselves or they made the wrong pass at the wrong time. That allowed Southampton to press them quite high And it wasn't that long after that that Southampton did equalise. So what did you think about that passage of play? Yeah, in, in,
1: in the lead up to the two Southampton goals, obviously one of them being a penalty. As, as you touch on there, you know, wrong, wrong passes at a wrong time. Um, there was a couple instances where we had played it out to Hernandez, I noticed, um, who received it inside our own half, but he lacked composure. At a couple of key moments to, to make the right decision. Yeah, and we just overturned the ball far too quickly. Gibson and Duffy were also struggling a little bit at this point to get a grip on, on, on the Southampton attackers.
2: So I felt after the first 10 minutes, where we looked really good, really positive, really went at them. Um, we We then regressed straight back into our half on the edge of our box um, and we and we looked far too deep um, not really engaging uh, Southampton in build-up. As a result of that we sort of got absolutely pinned back uh, on the edge of our box um, and Southampton were able to find players in the half space far too easily where they had loads of quality like players like Al Karaz, Kyle Walker-Peters all with so much quality in that half space both of Um, Southampton's goals came from was crosses for the first. Obviously, Carl Walker-Peters crossed. And it was Jack Stevens' back post. He falls to Benraith, smashes it home. And the second goal as well, crossed at Duffy. Don't know what was going through his head. Throws his hand at it. And it's a needless penalty. But yeah, we were were massively camped on the edge of our box because we just couldn't get out and we weren't engaging and we had no sort of retention up the pitch. I felt it was just bouncing off Sargent and Barnes far too easily. And Southampton were really dominant as a result.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a pattern that I kind of noticed, especially with the equaliser, was that it was from um, a short corner where basically Southampton were able to create a numerical advantage over us. Uh, They actually did it for the first time in the 16th minute. So we kind of already had a warning sign where I think it was a corner routine that led to a shot on the edge of the box. And then it happened again when we considered another corner. It was another short corner routine where. I think it was in the end they created like a 4v2 on that side. And Ynulis has to do a couple of things. He has to block a run uh, that's made behind him. Um, that's why he can't get out to uh, Kyle Walker-Peters, which which leads to the cross. Because on first viewing, it looks like Ynulis doesn't block the cross. But actually what happens is that he's trying to cover that space uh, to prevent the ball in, that allows Carl Walker-Pierre's time to cross to the back post it's obviously then a header, it gets saved and then and then Southampton score and as you said Rich, there's the defensive error f- from uh, Shane Duffy and yeah, so automatically Southampton are, are pretty much back in the lead. But obviously Norwich hit back uh, immediately. Adam, can you talk me through the move or the build-up and, and even uh, Gabriel Sara's beautiful strike?
1: Yeah, um one of the notable things about this goal is that from the moment we kick off to the moment the, the ball's in the net, Southampton don't touch the ball. So it was a very composed response from Norwich, in, in my opinion, was a very difficult situation. I mean, how many times... Have we seen over the years Norwich just completely fall to pieces in in, in these sort of situations? So, yeah, I I was mightily impressed by our response here. And really good play from Janulis again on on, on Equaliser. Really interesting to see um, just how key he has become in these first couple of games to both Norwich sort of playing out from the back. You know, he, he's one of our best ball carriers in the side, certainly one of the most technically gifted players as well, which helps with this. Him driving forward with the ball, drills a pass into Sargent, nice layoff to Sarah. Superb footwork from the Brazilian to create the shooting opportunity and an unbelievable strike. Uh, you know, just Premier League level stuff. I mean, him and Alcaraz in this game both look like Premier League players. I thought that was really notable as well throughout the match. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a fantastic response by Norwich. Though.
0: Yeah, it was an incredible battle between the two of them. Almost like a bit of a boxing match to see who could do better. But um, yeah, Rich, have you got anything more to comment on that goal?
2: Yeah, just how good Sarah has looked these last couple of weeks. I thought the levels he, he, he got to towards the end of, or maybe not the end of last year, but the, the middle part of last year were incredible. But he's, he's absolutely taken it up a notch these last two weeks. He's been outstanding. Assured in possession, press resistance, uh, the ability to link play, ball win as well. He's, he's a complete midfielder.
1: Yeah, and also notable, just shortly after this goal, Janulis with a forward and uh, really... Again, a, a typical Janoules pass it's becoming, this drilled pass across, just curled around enough to evade defenders into Barnes. But unfortunately, Barnes maybe just doesn't anticipate it quite in time and it, and it sort of runs away from him, which is a real shame because, yeah, it could have easily been 3-2 Norwich, I think, if Barnes had managed to get that under control.
0: Yeah, I think that you know this pass is really good example of a really high-quality pass that wouldn't count as a completion. We look at midfielders or defenders who have high pass completion rate, but that was a good example of a really high-quality pass that didn't just quite get to Barnes. But the fact that he can play at that pace around the defender and, yeah, be so close to putting Barnes through on goal, which I think just shows you how good, you know, was on the ball. Obviously, he struggled a little bit defensively, but yeah, another really good carry, another really good drive up the pitch, and he almost created a chance there. The other thing that I was going to briefly say about Sarah's equaliser here was, I just really like the fact there are about five or six players within the width of the 18-yard box. The two or three Southampton players who are in the middle, Alcaraz, Smallbone, and, and Stuart Armstrong, they can't really cover the space that well because there's like a numerical advantage within that situation. So I think it's during that play that Hernandez takes Smallbone away from covering that screen just in front of the defence. And then Sargent stays still, anticipating the pass. Stuart Armstrong goes to close down Sargent, which frees up Sarah, And then that allows Sarah to have that shot on the box. So like a really good example, I think, of just having that close network of midfielders, which allows us a, a man advantage. And that was enough for Norwich to create a shot on goal and the
2: equaliser. And I think just on that, I think the space was either side of Smallbone because Southampton had to push their eights on in possession. And um, there was loads of space to sort of make the most of uh, either side of Smallbone. I think uh, Johnny Rowe and, and Hernandez did that quite well. But especially for this goal, Sarah picked up a little pocket. Obviously, he has the quality to make the most of it.
0: Cool. So obviously, during this period at uh, 11 to half time, we had the Jonathan Rowe header from the corner. Uh, but before that, Adam, can you talk to me a little bit about how Norwich did off the ball?
1: Yeah, so this was one of the better spells of the game where Norwich kept winning the ball quite high up the pitch and, and creating some high turnovers. One of the big questions I think we all had after this game was if maybe Norwich did this enough or not because it did seem like we had quite a bit of success with it once we did do it. Yeah, we had a chance on 40 minutes where Hernandez won the ball up high. I think he robbed Kyle Walker-Peters for the second time during the match. He had done it early on in the match. He set up McLean, who looked like he was going to score. And it was an unbelievable block by by a Southampton player to deny him. Then a couple of minutes after that, there was a great chance for Rowe to score, but he couldn't quite sort his feet out in time. That came from good play from Barnes and uh who laid it off to Sarah, who had like a deflected shot that was also winning the ball in uh in Southampton's half and then I think that yeah you know, a couple of corner opportunities around that time came from high turnovers as well including Rose goal I, I think I said on the pod last week that I expected Norwich to score a few goals from set pieces this season from pre-season evidence and also the evidence of the whole game I didn't expect to be here talking about uh John Rowe header (laughs) in the second game of the season, being the first goal we scored from a set piece. But uh, yeah, great, all the same.
0: Yeah, it was awful defending from Southampton. Even though, obviously, you want to credit Rowe with the goal and the header, and the fact that he found the far corner, it's um, it's pretty good technique on the header, actually. Uh, Southampton just created an absolute mess for themselves in terms of just leaving Rowe free. If you watch the build-up to that corner, basically when players are kind of getting into position to either attack or defend that corner, uh, depending on whether it's Norwich or Southampton, just absolutely no one goes goes Nero. I know that Gibson does pretty well actually blocking two players. So maybe one of these mm-hmm. players was the one who was meant to mark Rowe, but no one at any point picks him up. So it's a good corner in from Sarah. Yeah, it's a good header. But honestly, I just think it... I think Southampton defensively at that point, if we're going to illustrate what actually happened in that corner, it's just a really bad defensive error from Southampton. Yeah, that's basically what's led to Norwich going 3-2 up. And just to build on your point about Hernandez, Adam, yeah, I think he did really well off the ball. The fact he was able to not only tackle Carl Walker Peters but actually win the ball back, I think it can be quite an underrated characteristic of a player who not only just wants to go and tackle, to actually like win the ball back for his team and, and retain it. And I know that Hernandez has had quite a lot of criticism in terms of his decision making in possession, but actually off the ball in this game, he was absolutely incredible. I think I counted he made more successful tackles than he made complete passes at one point. It's just two completely polarizing aspects of his game.
1: Yeah, I had in my notes at one point, having re-watching the first half, do we drop Hernandez for the next game based on the fact that we really seem to sort of struggle to progress the ball through him at times when when we are trying to play out because he makes quite a few poor decisions and also in this game where he had the ball. In the final third, he also made a couple of really poor decisions, which I just felt with we a better quality player on the end of, them, we probably would have scored. But then I took that out because whilst I was watching the game, I thought that was like quite harsh to just judge him on those things. As uh, and, and for some of the reasons you've just pointed out there, really. So yeah, he's definitely sort of one of the trickier players to judge at the moment. Uh, over these first couple of games, um, I've definitely seen some issues with him, but also if he does carry on playing, I can sort of see why. It's uh, certainly an interesting conundrum going forward.
2: Yeah, I think just going back to the point on um, whether we engaged high enough uh, and did, whether we did it enough throughout the match, I, I thought when Norwich looked their best against Southampton is when we, we, we took it to them. I've always fancied them to give it away in the build-up. They're, they're still relatively new to the structures they're trying to implement. And I just think we gave them far too much respect um, throughout the game like I know they've got good quality players but uh, we, we just dropped off far too deep for me and as I say when when we actually looked to press and when we looked to get after him we, we created chances namely that the Hernandez one he did excellently to win the ball back absolutely uh, left Carl Wolff in, in the dust he, he looked really good there and yeah I just thought could we have done it more did we did we give them too much respect
0: yeah, and the stats kind of back it up a little bit. A good way that you can measure pressing is um, passes per defensive action. I'm basically, uh, the lower the number, the higher the press. And last week, Norwich's uh, PPDA was very, very low. It was actually one of the lowest in the division. But this week, an early stat that I've seen, it's around 14.2. That's quite a high number in terms of PPDA.
1: Um, another interesting point to make here that I noticed in the uh, post-match press conference Wagner had with the whole media. He, he basically... Pointing out that half-time, him and his coaching staff showed the Norwich players at half-time some of their in-possession issues. And Wagner thought that we played better in the second half playing out from the back. To be honest, I'm not 100% sure I agree. But um, I I think there were signs of that at the start of the half. But uh, it sort of slowly regresses (laughs) shortly after.
0: Yeah, so moving into the second half, Obviously, we saw uh, a Southampton equaliser fairly early on. I was a bit disappointed with the intensity during that period, especially off the ball. I just think we allowed too many short passes in towards Alcaraz and in towards Armstrong just on the edge of the box. Uh, I think McLean and Sarah actually were pretty poor during that period, especially off the ball. They just didn't really screen the defence well. And obviously, the move that leads to the goal includes Armstrong playing it through to Trey Adams, who tries a pass into the box. But then I think it comes off uh, Gibson to flex, quite fortunately, back to Adams. He takes a shot and it goes in. Did you guys think the same? Was it a sense that we came out of the second half lacking a bit of solidity?
2: Yeah, I think think we we pushed more to a a 4-1-3-2 when we we pressed in the first bit of the second half. The wing is tucked in more and we went more man-to-man. It then just left one of the pivot on their own, sort of having to deal with, as you say, two of the eights. It worked if we hit that initial press, but if if that press got beaten, we left far too much space and we exposed ourselves on the transition. So I thought there was more in 10, whether it worked as well as it did in the first 10 of the first half. I don't don't think it did. No, well,
1: I don't think we had one real attack, did we? Between 45 minutes and, and 60 minutes. It was pretty much all Southampton. Yeah, and I also noted that there was a huge amount of space in the in the centre of the field sometimes for Kraz to just run into. Yeah, which was a bit of a worry. But then 60 to 70 minutes, Norwich created four chances. This was one of our sort of more promising spells of the game, the first of which comes on 60 minutes. And uh, I think this is a good point to maybe just praise the overall performance of Josh Sargent in this game, who I thought was fantastic. One of the best games he's had in a Norwich shirt. Southampton had to foul him um, on a few occasions, um, a couple of them given, some not given, just to stop him and uh, from linking us up in transition. Uh, and one of those moments was on the hour mark where he gets fouled and then Sarah, who takes the free kick, forces a save from uh, the Saints goalkeeper. Sargent is the man who's the quickest to react as well, squares it to Barnes for a tap-in. Somehow that's given offside. I'm still (laughs) furious about that decision because I just can't believe that EFL officials don't know first phase and second phase by this point. And then to watch uh, on match of the day later that evening, Newcastle basically score not a too dissimilar goal. (laughs) With a first and second phase, I was just yeah shaking my head. And then 64 minutes, you saw Sara release uh, fashion out down the right. Fashion out plays a poor ball across the area that is cut out. Then there's a chance which is created by Gibson pressing really well high up the pitch, where Barnes ends up just uh, firing way over the bar. But yeah, I don't I don't know if any of you guys have got any more thoughts on, on that little period of the game.
2: For the offside goal, I'm still not actually sure who who he thought was offside. Yeah, I, I just can't see how it's been ruled offside, but it's ridiculous. But yeah, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I can only assume that they're flagged Barnes for being offside when mm. the free kick's taken. But if so, then it's just a disgrace because everybody mm-hmm. knows that the first phase ended once that's pushed out. And there's no way Barnes gains any sort of advantage as well because... You know, there's two Southampton players right by him by the time he's uh putting it in the net. Anyway, yeah, just sort of on the on the tactical side around this point, yeah, definitely one of Norwich's best spells. And the other thing I was gonna point out at the sort of the end of this sort of ten-minute spell is uh John Rowe, who had a much quieter game than he did the previous week for obvious reasons. You know, Norwich had a lot less of the ball. But the kind of runs that we were seeing him make last week against Hull. We saw him make on the 69th minute here, uh, where he really drove forward, lead us to win in a corner. I was thinking, right, OK, maybe the game's about to open up for Rowe here. And then he was taken off for, for spring it, which was a bit disappointing. And I really didn't agree with that sub. I don't know what you guys thought.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was slightly controversial that he was brought off last week. But actually, before I get into that, I was actually going to say, Adam, on your point on Norwich being a lot more positive a little more fluid disappearing. I think that was due to the substitution of Fasnac coming on, actually. Uh, I think Wagner timed that very, very well. Uh, There were two or three attacks that Fashnak was a part of that were really, really good. Um, A couple of really, really nice counterattacks. And I think um, not many of us would have seen Fashnak play for young boys, but actually in terms of his pace and in terms of his kind of verticality in the runs that he makes, I think that could be really, really effective um, when Norwich win back possession and start a counterattack. So yeah, I think part of the reason that we definitely got back into the game and actually were probably better than stuff happened during that period, is due to his introduction. I think you said about Gibson winning the ball quite high up, which led to Sarge being fouled for that free kick. I think that was one of the good things about uh, Norwich man-marking. If it wasn't for Gibson following, I can't remember exactly who it was, I don't know if it was Alcaraz or Armstrong, but the fact that he was able to follow him that high and win the ball back, um, that was good. I think there were other times where Norwich did struggle a little bit, I don't think Duffy or Gibson want to be that much further forward into the opposition half because then they're just out of position and they're leaving a lot of space behind them. But yeah, that was one of the the better actions in terms of that tactical decision.
2: Yeah, I I think on the aggressiveness of Gibson, uh, particularly because it was evident for him, pressing high on the eights, I thought it worked quite well, actually. Whilst it might be quite shocking for fans to see uh, a Gibson quite deep into the Southampton half, I thought... If you're going to commit to a press uh, and you're going to commit to a man to ma- man system, um, then this is what you've got to see. You've got to see your centre backs being aggressive. And um, ultimately, on, on the 67th minute, it worked well. We created a chance from it. And I think, as well, to, talking about the, the introduction of Fashnak, I thought he's a classic sort of German Ram uh, space investigator. I think he's really, really good space interpretation, um, the way he's able to find space in the box or in, in the pockets. Um, he looks a real threat. Um, actually scoring goals. I'm not sure how much he'll create, but he does look a threat in the box.
1: Yeah, well, the chance that he gets on the end of, on the 78th minute, he also starts. So he wins the ball well inside um, our half, plays a very accurate ball to, to Sargent to run onto. Sargent then has a few seconds on it, squares it to Fashionat, who's made up an incredible amount of ground.
0: Oh, it was uh, incredible. To see him run past all those other players, just beat them all, it was it was incredible. Yeah.
1: It kind of made it like one of the longest one-twos in history I think I've ever seen. But um, <laughs> it was, a, yeah, it was a remarkable effort. Um, and maybe the fact that he had to make up just that much ground to get on the end of it kind of explains maybe Ways' first touch let him down on that chance, which was a bit of a shame. But yeah, obviously he made up for it uh, a few minutes later.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about that goal, actually. I think you mentioned it, Adam, but it was that really nice carry and drive by Ynoulis. Just cuts inside. Um, I think it's Kyle Walker-Peters or Nathan Teller? Yeah, he is. Teller, he loses. Yeah, I mean, he did it a lot against Hull last week, Ynoulis. But again, the way he broke that kind of midfield line and got into the final third. And the pass into Fastenac is a little bit easier. You can clearly see that passing lane into Fashnak, And he actually overhits it a little bit, but it's thanks to a poor first touch or, a, or an attempted clearance by Ryan Manning that it falls to Fashnak really nicely, uh, just on the bounce and, and he finishes really well.
2: So yeah, I thought the Fashnak goal was a clear example of Wagner's sort of philosophy to football. thought we looked really effective in the offensive transition. Southampton left lots of space due to their style of play and I thought we, we really capitalised on it. Uh, and the Fashnak goal was a, a prime example of that.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point. So getting into the last 10 minutes, that led to Norwich having a lot less of the ball. Um, I think it was at that point they were obviously holding on for the win a little bit. How do you think we we sort of managed that final period? I know we ended up conceding in injury time. Is there anything that you sort of want to talk about during that last 10 or 15 minutes?
1: I question the wisdom of the substitutions, simply because of the fact we had prepared those subs when the game state was at 3-3 which was a more understandable situation to throw Nunez and Ida into. Once we score that goal, I'm not sure about making either of those subs, but especially not the Nunez one. I just didn't feel that it was the right situation or the right game to throw them into. And I think it contributed to us not being able to to easily see out those last few minutes. I mean, against a team like Southampton and the way they play, I mean, it was always going to be tough. As soon as we went 4-3 up, there was still, what, seven minutes of normal time left. And these days, you know that they're going to add on close to 10 minutes of injury time at the moment as well. So in my head, it was far from over as it was. Yeah, I, I just don't think those subs helped. I don't know what you guys thought.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, we needed to freshen up a bit. Uh, Sarah was was getting tired, getting a fair few knocks. Um, so I did think we needed to bring him on. Maybe Nunez wasn't the right one. Maybe Gibbs, slightly better defensively, would have been better for the game state, as you sort of mentioned. But we needed the subs, whether they were the right ones. I don't, I'm not sure.
0: I think it was a bit of a mixed performance from Nunez, to be honest, because there are a couple of really nice, aggressive tackles he made in Southampton's half, which was good about winning the ball back. I think one nearly launched a, a really good counter-attack, but it was with a misplaced pass. Uh, but then also, in his own defensive half, you saw him jump in too much. Uh, it was kind of that man, Alcaraz, that played a couple of really nice one twos around him. You can create a 1-2 basically when a player dives in, because once he's dived in, he's out of the game, and then you can receive that pass back from your teammate in space. And that's what Alcaraz did a couple of times. So, yeah, it was quite frustrating to see. I mean, I think in general, the game management just wasn't great. Um, Alcaraz and Armstrong were getting into really dangerous positions. And I don't think McLean and Sarah, and then obviously McLean and Nunez did a good job of, of kind of protecting that space and, and stopping Alcaraz from, from getting into key positions. I also think kind of our set pieces at this point weren't great. There were a lot of first contact from Southampton players as well. I think there was the Adam Armstrong scissor kick, which was in the six-yard box, which if he connects with that correctly, then that goes in. Um, and obviously they equalise a lot sooner. There was a lot of rushed decisions at this point, really. Led to too many turnovers in possession. And I think maybe that's just due to fatigue. We obviously had a lot less the ball. That makes players a lot more tired. And it's still the second game of the season as well. So players are still finding their fitness. So I don't want to come down too hard on Wagner and the and the side.
1: No, I, th- I think that's a
0: fair point. I think I,
1: think I made a similar point in defence of him last week when you criticised the subs. But yeah, uh, it was just yeah, uh, a small frustration.
2: I think, I think it's a great point, Sam, you made about um, towards this point in the game, some of the decision-making and game management just wasn't there. I think most notably when Stacey was uh, barreling down the right as he does um, and he decides to go inside and try and cross and score a goal, just go to the corner. Just go to the corner. Put, uh, waste some time. Just see the game out. We're winning at this point. It's early in the season. They're going to be tired at this point. But, yeah, there was some really rash decision-making. And we didn't manage the game well at all these at last
0: five minutes yeah and it was 90 seconds later that I think it was when you knew this fouled or not fouled, depending on your opinion Carl Walker-Peters as well uh the young player Amu who came on I think you knew this really struggled against him you know at that point Unis had such heavy legs he'd done so much carrying of the ball so much tracking as well I think he just looked absolutely exhausted mm-hmm. and yeah maybe it was a bit of a rough decision that led to the foul but in the end it, it was a late equaliser for Southampton yeah. So overall, how do you think Norwich did over over the ninety minutes tactically as well as sort of player performance? What were the what were the standouts for you?
2: Yeah. So so for me, I thought we did well. I thought Southampton are by far and away going to be the best team in this league for me. Their tactics in the first phase and second phase of possession is the best I've seen at Championship level. To be honest, um, they they were really good at that. Norwich did really well to compete in this game, and I think. The chance creation that we were able to do on the offensive transition showed how we can be a threat this season. But ultimately, we rode our luck to get the point. But a good performance, and, and I'm happy with the with the point. I think the most notable performances for me um, was Sarah. Obviously, he's an exceptional player at this level. Uh, I think his, his poise, his balance in, in all phases of play, he, he's really, really exciting, and, and one I'm desperate for us to keep hold of. Yanulis, I thought he his, his carrying the beat, the, the press was. Again, exceptional Uh, and he had the end product as well, a fair few times finding players in good areas. Lots to be positive about. I think a point away at Southampton is is a really good result.
1: Yeah, for me, I'm kind of still processing really just how big some of the differences have been between sort of what I saw in pre-season and what I've seen in these first two games as well. I mean, just the level of chance creation produced in these first two games has been unbelievable really. That's definitely a huge positive. Although, on the flip side, I did expect us to maybe be a little bit more solid defensively than this, or I hope to be. Although, I always saw this game against Southampton as a huge test. I think we discussed it a couple of weeks ago where I was very worried about them sticking four past us. That played out. They did stick four past us, but luckily we managed to stick four past them. So, overall, so far this season, I'm definitely in a happy space in terms of thinking about Norwich and how we're going about this season. I agree with Rich. I think Southampton are going to be right up there, even if they lose a couple more players. I just feel like the way Russell Martin's going to have them set up with the quality he's got there, especially if they keep uh, Alcaraz in in that midfield, they're, they're just going to dominate far too many games not to be in that top two, three. So yeah, I think overall, we've got to be happy with a point, but I think it says so much that, you know, we can be slightly disappointed by not winning that game by just how much progress we've made so far this season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think we we're always going to concede chances to Southampton. I mean, um, on FB Ref, the, uh, the XG for the game was Southampton at 3.6 and we hit around two, but obviously the 3.6 includes the the roughly 0.8 for penalties, so, kind of overall from open play, we've conceded about two next to Southampton, which obviously isn't that bad, considering the amount of attacking talent that they have. I guess my only worry was that, in terms of off the ball, the fact that we play in this four four two mid-block, I was just a bit concerned that really high-quality individuals like Carlos Alcaraz, who for me, was probably man of the match ahead of Sarah. It was really, really close between them. As as I said earlier, it was a bit of a boxing match. They were both absolutely incredible and much better than the championship, really. But yeah, the fact that he was able to find so much space um, and the fact that he was intelligent enough that he knew where the space was in terms of that 4-4-2, he was able to kind of come out of McLean's cover shadow, come out of Sarah's cover shadow and just get on the ball quite easily. That's what really worried me. I mean, his touch map would have been all over the Norwich box, really. And I just would have really liked to seen a way to stop him, whether that would have been man-marking him, whether that would have been playing a third player uh, in central midfield and, and slightly changing formation. That probably dictated the game and, and the reason that we didn't win. I don't think we even got to mention the fact that he nearly scored to make it 5-4 with almost the last kick of the game. So, yeah, a really incredible performance from him. Look, I think they were, as you both said, they were just a really, really tough opponent who are still finding their feet in this league as well with, uh, with a new coach in Russell Martin. But obviously, overall, going forward, uh, Norwich were really, really good. Created a variety of goals, whether that was inside or outside of the box or, or from set pieces. So I'd say it's another good week. Hopefully, we don't see Norwich concede four goals again during this season. But yeah, we, we won't be playing opponents as good as Southampton each week.
2: So yeah, Sam, just going on from that point, really, we did play into Southampton's hands and they did dominate the game. is quite clearly seen through the field tilt, which is a, a measure of, Uh, Where the ball tilts in the field, pretty much, to to explain it as in lamest terms as best I can, without just saying the words, field, tilt. (laughs) But yeah, basically where the ball is spending the majority of the game, um, it was 85% in favour of Southampton. So we were really penned back. Yeah, it's clear that Southampton are are a classy side. Um, And whilst we we rode our luck a little bit, we showed plenty in counter-punching.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because obviously that was posted between us and between the two watches of the game. And I was like quite surprised it was that much. I mean, obviously, I was very conscious of the fact that Southampton dominated possession. But I think it says a lot that even on the second watch, I was thinking we are creating some very, very good opportunities here. And like quite often, especially first half. And then that 10 minute spell I mentioned in the in the second half as well. So the stats don't lie, obviously. I'm not saying that. But also, at the same time, I just don't feel it was a game where if you looked at that stat and you thought, oh, Norwich was lucky to come out with it with a 4-4 draw, I mean... That's just not the case, is it? Um, And Russell Martin said as much after the game as well. I think it's worth pointing that out as much as Southampton dominated in terms of the field tilt, as you say. At the same time, we very much gave them a lot to think about as well. And just leading on from that, I think the really interesting thing of the first two games actually has been we've faced two completely different challenges. First game against Hull, we've had the majority of the possession And we found a way to break down a low block and and win 2-1. Something that we were pretty poor at doing for a lot of last season. And in this game, we've found a way against a a heavy possession team where we've really had to take our opportunities in transition and on the counter and in set pieces and, and also come away almost again with a win.
2: And I think on that, Adam, is... At the start of the season, a lot of Norwich fans were really pessimistic about our chances. weren't excited after the back of last year, and I think these first two performances um, have really shown that there's something that we can get behind now, and there's there's some an attacking intent that we can get behind, and um, a team that will offer some excitement this season. So, one to want to look forward
0: to great stuff. Well, Rich and Adam, thanks for joining me this week, and uh, thank you for listening to Norwich City Tactics Podcast.